0: Good morning, just welcome you here. welcome you all to the service just looking forward to hearing from Travis and Rosie and their family uh, later on in the service as we begin the first um, week of Lent we will be doing responsive readings through this season and so you can just follow Jeff as he reads the congregational part holy God in this season of Lenten fasting we remember Christ
1: who went out into the desert to fast and undergo temptation.
0: We confess that we are often distracted by material comforts.
1: And tempted to value them above the kingdom of God.
0: You, God, are our help in difficulty.
1: Christ is our inspiration.
0: We confess that we do not live by bread or worldly provision alone
1: but by every word that comes from your mouth.
0: May we fill our mouths, our hearts, our minds now with your words.
1: That we might be transformed and renewed.
0: May we, with renewed hearts and minds,
1: better serve the purposes of your kingdom.
0: May we, by setting aside worldly distractions,
1: become more like Christ.
0: May we, with purified motives and deeper understanding,
1: receive Christ when he comes to us.
0: Lead us not into temptation,
1: but deliver us from evil.
0: Amen. Travis has shared with me that the theme of this morning's message will be simple faith. Carl Barth, a Swiss theologian, if any of you are wondering who Karl Barth is, um, you could probably ask my dad. Jeff says he knows who that is as well. <laughs> um, Swiss, Swiss theologian, and he was asked after a lecture in a college campus if he could summarize his whole life's work in theology in a sentence, and he is quoted as saying. Yes, I can. In the words of a song I learned at my mother's knee Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And uh, Paloma can tell you that that's her bedtime song as well. So um, please stand as we sing this song together.
2: Jesus loves me
0: This morning will be Mark 10 verses 13 to 16. So you may have a seat and check in your Bibles for, for that. So that's Mark 10, 13 to 16. And we're going to call Levi up to read the scripture for us.
2: People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them when jesus saw this he was indignant he said to them let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of god belongs to such as these truly i tell you anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his
3: hands on them, and blessed them. Please join me in prayer as we dismiss the children for Children's Church. Lord Jesus, you invited the little children to come to you. And you invited us to... Enter your kingdom as little children. And this morning, we pray a blessing on the children in this church. Pray that they would sense your love and your nearness, that you would hold them close in your arms. We pray also for the leaders who will teach them, guide their words as they instruct your little ones. We pray a blessing on them. Amen. And all the children may go to Children's Church in the room down the hall. If you want to turn in your bulletins, we'll just highlight a few of them before we go into prayer. Uh, this week coming up, uh, we have Ladies' Bible Study at the church on Monday at 1.20. All ladies are invited. And on Wednesday at 7 p.m., we have prayer meeting at the church. And this week, especially, we want to rejoice at the arrival of Pastor Russell and Shannon's new baby. So congratulations to them. Um, Elmer Hamm um, is traveling this weekend to Saskatchewan for his sister-in-law's funeral. And then also, uh, check your your mailboxes for your uh, church donation receipts for your income tax purposes, annual yearbook reports, for committee chairpersons are due March 14th. So if that is one of is you, uh, please get those into Carrie Swatsky. And also uh, an opportunity to share. Please be- bless the youth with chips if you are able. Please leave a bag of chips on the back counter in the kitchen to be used for youth snacks. Thank you. And you can read the rest of those on your own. Uh, please join me in prayer. Lord, you answer us when we are in distress. Your name protects us. You help us from your sanctuary and grant us your support from Zion. May you remember all our sacrifices and accept our burnt offerings. May you give us the desires of our hearts and make all our plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory, and lift up our banners in the name of our God. O Lord, may you grant all all our requests. We rejoice this morning with Pastor Russell and Shannon at the arrival of their new daughter. We pray that you would grant them joy as they parent this new little soul, and that you would grant them wisdom in that endeavor. We give thanks that Rod Brown, uh, Betty Queering's son, was able to have his surgery on his shoulder. We thank you that it went well, and we pray that you would grant him speedy recovery. We ask that you would grant Elmer Ham's safety as he travels this weekend. And pray also that you would be with his family as they mourn the loss of his sister-in-law. Pray that the family would sense your nearness and your comfort We pray also for the family of Andy Knelson at his sudden passing, uh, Laura's uncle. We pray that you would give them comfort and peace in this, uh, during this time of sorrow. We also want to pray for the unrest in Ukraine. We pray for the church in Ukraine and in Russia. Pray that you would be near to your people and that your presence would be made known even in uncertain times, in dangerous times. We also continue to pray for peace and renewed relationships as public health orders continue to change. I pray that you would grant us grace and compassion for each other as we move through another time, another season of change. as we look to the new life of spring, that new life would grow among us as well. And Lord, we pray in a special way for Travis and Rosie this morning um, as they share with us what they have been doing in Paraguay and as they share your word with us. I pray that you would bless them, give them the words to say, and your, your peace and your comfort. We pray this in your name. Amen. And at this time, um, we are very privileged to have Travis and Rosie here in our church. Uh, they are going to give a report on what they've been doing in Paraguay for the last number of years, and um, we wish you God's blessing as you do that.
4: Good morning, it's really good to be here this morning. Um, for those of you who don't know, we've been in Canada since January 27th. We're here till, till May 11th, so we'll be, a, a few, we'll be around probably a few Sundays. The next few months. Um, we split our time between Austin and between my parents in Kleefeld. So if you'd like to have us all over, if you'd like to see us, just give us a call, um, connect some way, and um, we'll make it work. We'd love to see, visit so many of you one on one. It's just really nice to do that. Um, yeah, this morning we're going to share a short report on, on what's been going on in Paraguay. Uh, we thought we'd start with a, a three minute video. The video is about two years old. We made it two years ago, we thought we were going to come to Canada, and that got delayed um, a couple years, but the video is very relevant still, um, and it gives a nice picture of of our little church there in Migawasu, so I'll show that video first. Realizing her value as a child of God. Finding joy in sharing his newfound faith in God with others to serve others with humility and gladness yeah. Understanding that God cares and realizing the need to depend on Him. God is at work changing lives in parallel. EMC has over 60 years of ministry in Paraguay, with a focus on starting, growing, and strengthening churches. In 2010, EMC began focusing on the city of Mingawasu, with a vision to gather a group of believers who would love and glorify God by being the body of Christ, His hands, feet, and voice, loving and serving one another and the community. God led the missionaries to the neighborhood of Guavirapotl, where there was no church, and over time a group was formed. (laughs) While many Paraguayans are religious, most do not have Jesus as their Lord or have a deep faith in God. This has resulted in a society with many deep wounds. It is normal to see high poverty. Corruption is assumed. Many families are divided. Absent fathers, single-parent homes, abuse and teen pregnancy are all that many have ever known. When God rescues one of His children from this kind of life, much healing needs to take place, and renewing of the mind is a daily process. There have been many ups and downs. Many people accept Christ and then turn back on Him and return to their old way of life. But many other people have made decisions to follow the Lord, and He has changed their lives in giving them a passion to follow Him. It is wonderful to see people make peace with God and work to defeat the strongholds in their lives that are making it hard for them to live the abundant life that God wants them to live. They are learning to worship God, to trust God, to submit to Him in every area of their life, and to love other people in a godly way as well as to share their faith. The spiritual and physical needs are obvious wherever you look but so is the power of God. Through Bible studies, children's ministry, youth work, visitations, and counseling, many have found salvation through faith in Jesus Christ and together are growing as a body of believers. There are many other neighbourhoods in Mingawasu that are unreached by the Gospel and do not have an active church. There is so much need for the salvation and freedom that God graciously gives. These communities need someone willing to dedicate themselves to being the light in the darkness. EMC is committed to doing just that with your prayer support, your financial support and willingness to answer his call to go. Please join with us in taking risks to reach many with the good news of Jesus Christ. Rosie's going to come up now and join me. Um, as we talked about in the video there, um, every place that's dark needs a light. And Jesus says we are a light on the hill. Um, and so that is what we, we try to do while we're in Mingos. We just be a light in a dark place. We feel um, there is quite a bit of darkness around. Most people don't know no Christ. And it's... Uh, it's just something that we really felt six years ago when we went back, that uh, we needed to be a light in the darkness.
5: We began church planting in Paraguay 14 years ago among Spanish-speaking Paraguayans. And for the last number of years, we've been focusing on the small neighborhood of Mingawasu, where there was no church in the eastern part of Paraguay. And it's close to where Paraguay and Brazil and Argentina meet. Um, We have three children, Zipporah, who is 14, Moises, who is 12, and Paloma, who is 2. We also have a foster daughter, Belen, who is 17 and has been living with us just just over 16 months. Really, when people ask me how many children we have, my real answer is between 3 and 6. We have the three biological children. We have Belen as our foster daughter, and she has two brothers who are like sons to us. And so we have between three and six children.
4: I have a mic. Jesus gave the Great Commission. Um, I think you all know it. In Matthew 28:19 to 20. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always till the very end of the age.
5: And as we church plant in Mingawasu, that is what we are trying to do, to make disciples, to baptize them, and teach them to obey the commands of Christ. Uh, We try to teach people to put their trust in God so that they can really be free to enjoy the abundant life that God has for them as they live worshiping him.
4: This morning, we'd like to tell you the story of four young people who have put their faith in God, and they're learning to trust him more fully. Um, They are from the left to the right. Um, first is me, right, they're on the left, but then William, Belen, Jessica, and Zipporah. And uh, their, their stories will give you an idea of what God has been doing in the lives of some of the families in, in our church there in Mingawasu. And over the last few months, we've had the joy of preparing these four um, for baptism. I think in October, November, December, we had weekly classes with them. And on December 19th, they were all, all baptized. Um, all four come from homes with Christian parents, and other than ourselves, the other three families, they've all become Christians in the last nine years, some in the last, um, one of them in the last four years. And for the first time in our church, we have a group of young teens whose parents actually support their faith. Until now, our youth group has always been kids that, uh, teens that come, but the parents don't come to church and there's really no no support. They just come with their, with their friends. And so this is the first time where we actually have a group um, where the parents support their faith and encourage them to come. And it's kind of been nice to see how they've grown up in the church together, um, how they grew up in their faith, first in Sunday school, later in youth group, and also going to camp. And it's, it's exciting to see uh, the blessing that they have to grow up in a Christian home. It's something that we take for granted very often. Um, many of us, probably most of us, grew up in Christian homes. And, and when you see people who don't grow up in Christian homes and just the, the struggles that a lot of them have, um, because the, the homes tend to be more more broken, um, it's it's very nice to it is a blessing to grow up in a Christian home and actually have parents who, who have learned to love from God and who try to, to do their best um, in in a godly way in a way that honors God. And so, um, it's it's really exciting to see that. And we know that the parents are trying; they're not perfect, but they're doing their best to obey God in the way that they raise their kids and their homes are more stable as a result of this. And so we, we pray for these young people, um, these four especially, that they will be protected from harm and, and also from the temptation that is all around them.
5: So first, we'll start talking about Milen. <clears throat> she's our foster daughter right now, but she's 17 right now, but she grew up until she was 15 with her mom and her two siblings, the two boys I talked about. Um, her parents separated before she was born And her dad has never recognized that she's his daughter. So she's never had contact with her dad. Um, But about 10 years ago, her mom, Ramona, became sick with cancer. And around this time, her mom also became a Christian. And this marked a huge change in the way they lived their lives. And now her mom uh, was trying to live her life that honored God. And that was a a complete change from the way they had been living. Um, And she started teaching her children about God. And Valen, she accepted Jesus during a weekly Bible study that Chris and Revita did at their house about six years ago. Although she now says she didn't understand what that meant at the time, it was the start of her learning about God and learning to put her trust in him. Um, and about this time, too, her family started attending a church. They lived quite far from us, and so um, it was really hard. They had no vehicle, no mobility, and so to be able to pick them up for church was like almost two hours of driving, just to more than two. And so we gave them to a church that was much closer. We said, can you take them on? And so they started attending that church, and it was very good for them to be able to have that weekly input from other Christians as well. Um, But because of her mom's cancer... And the the spiritual, the emotional, the logistical, and the financial support that was needed. There was a really big need in this family. We just kept visiting them on a regular basis, even though we had given them to a different church. We worked together with that church to to support them. Um, And Belen, when she was around 15, she made a firm decision to follow God. She feels like that's when she really started to grow in her faith. But... um, Due to her mom's cancer, Valen spent eight sacrificial years of taking care of her mom until she passed away in May of 2020. Um, there's no such thing as a hospital palliative care in Paraguay. It was just all at home. And uh, it, was, it was very, very hard for them to, to take care of them physically, emotionally. It, it was just difficult. But after her mom's death, she stayed living with her older brother, Fernando, until October of that year. But it became very apparent that she needed more guidance, more security, more stability. Um, And at that point, she chose to live with us. We offered that she could come live with us, and she chose to come live with us. And she has accepted us as her parents, her adoptive parents. And over the last 16 months, Belen has had to begin to work through her grief and adjust to our home in the busy missionary lifestyle that we live. It's very, very different from what she was used to. But she has gained confidence as she learns to deal with her emotions and forgiving people from her past and overcoming the trauma that she has gone through. She has grown in her personal faith and truly loves God and experiences his peace in her life. And um, one thing that she got from her mom is she loves Serving others. Um, her mom, being as sick as she was, was always looking for ways to serve other people, and and she definitely passed that on to her children. and It's a joy to see. She has just a heart to visit people to encourage them, and it's it's really nice to see her passion about um, sharing her faith with other people.
4: Next, we want to tell you about Jessica. Jessica is 16, and this picture, her I guess would be her stepdad is missing. Um, she started coming to church with her family about eight years ago after her mom became a Christian. Her dad was a Christian prior to this. But about two years before that, so about 10 years ago, um, Jessica, you can see her there in the bottom right, when she was just a little girl, um, was in a, a DVBS uh, that, that we did, a children's event we did when, Mrs., when SBC's Mission X was visiting us one time. Um, and so they lived right across the street from the church. And after her mom became a believer, uh, they started coming to church and to Sunday school regularly, and she just watched as her parents grew in their faith, especially, especially her mom, because for her mom it was brand new. Her dad had kind of grown up, kind of gotten a little, a little cold, but warmed up again. Um, but a few years ago, after watching the Jesus film one evening at, uh, at, during Easter, during Easter we often put up the big screen right on, on the street or in the front of the church, and uh, show the Jesus film, and people can see it from half a block away. We put the music nice and loud, the sound up, because um, people don't always want to come too close. But one, one, one evening, when we were showing the Jesus film, Jessica decided to ask Jesus into her heart. And Jessica, she's very quiet, um, very, resp- very responsible. She's introverted. Uh, doesn't enjoy being the center of attention at all. Um, in this picture, she's with Zipporah and their two younger sisters, eh, Sophia and Paloma. Um, she spent a lot of time taking care of her, her younger sister. But she, she's always involved, even though she's shy and like, doesn't like to be in the center of attention. She's always shy, helping out with different church activities, different children's events, um, kind of a bit more in the background, but always helping out. Um, and at her baptism, she mentioned that regular church attendance and going to Bible camp in the summer has really helped her to grow in her faith. And we began the b- baptism classes in October, and she wasn't... Um, Sure, she wanted to be baptized yet. Her mom didn't want to pressure her because her mom wanted this to be her decision. So that was good. We didn't want to pressure her because we wanted it to be her decision. Um, but we decided we're going to have these baptism classes. Um, she could just come to the baptism classes with her friends and uh, just, just learn together with them. And so she did that. She came um, for a couple of weeks to the baptism classes. And as the weeks went by, she decided that this was the time. She wanted to get baptized now. I suspect part of it was she didn't want to give her testimony in front of everybody else. She didn't want to be up front. Um, but she, as we went through the classes and just talked about faith, she decided that she wanted to be baptized. Um, she too has learned to trust God. Uh, her biological father abandoned the family before, uh, before she was born. Um, it's fairly, fairly normal. You get a young mother, it gets pregnant, and they're not actually really yet a strong couple and not, they don't get married, they just kind of go their separate ways. And so she grew up with her mom until her stepdad came a little while later. Um, but being abandoned by her bi- biological father has been very hard for her. Her younger brother has epilepsy and he tends to get fairly severe epileptic attacks. And that's been very hard for the family as a whole, just a test on their faith, wondering why God doesn't heal him and why, why this keeps happening. So that's been something she's had to work through. And her mom has shared with us, she, she says she prays regularly for Jessica, uh, that she won't follow the worldly ways of most of the girls her age. And through this all, Jessica, she knows the value that she has as a creation of God. Um, she knows that her Heavenly Father loves her. And that's, that's been really, really, really good for her.
5: And now we want to talk about Zipporah, our daughter. Um, she was born four, uh, three months after we first arrived in Paraguay. And we've been teaching her about God since she was born. And when she was five, she made her first verbal decision to follow God. She has grown in her knowledge and faith since then and has had a a desire to be baptized for a while. Zippy loves being involved in church, especially helping out with the music, with playing guitar and ukulele and piano. And she also enjoys helping out with the children's programs. And... Zippy has had to learn how to grow in her faith while feeling all the pressures of being a missionary kid. Um, Not feeling like she fits in all the time with the culture and in the last two years getting an older sister. Um, But it has been a joy to watch our children grow closer to God and to make their faith their own. Um, Over the past four years as a family, we have become involved in a Bible camp that's about an hour away from our house. And that has given our children, as well as the kids from our youth, the kids and the youth from our community, an opportunity to grow as they attend camp. Um,
4: it's a really a good opportunity for them to interact with Christian kids at their age outside of church. Because in church, there's like four or five, six, maybe maximum 12 in the neighborhood that would come to church every once in a while. Other than that, because of the lack of mobility, they don't have a lot of contact with the other young Christians, right? And so you go to camp and you spend a couple of days with 100 other young people. And then you have contact through through WhatsApp and Facebook. It's really, really encouraging for them. And just to have the example of the leaders that are there, the young adults that are there as leaders, some role models for them to look up to. It's been really, really positive for, for our young people. Yeah.
5: Because we are at the camp um, the whole time, uh, parents from the community, we've, we've been in this community now for 10 years. And parents are normally not very trusting of other people. But parents have. Decided to allow their kids to go to camp with us, and we took seven-year-olds this year I was like that's really young and I couldn't believe that the parents were entrusting us with their seven-year-old for three days but they did and I took lots of pictures and Kept them updated the whole time, but it's an honor that the parents have grown to trust us and And that these kids from the community have the opportunity to to experience camp and we know that it's impacting their their lives and their faith um, And Zippy has explained that camp has been a real encouragement as we help to plan and then participate in it. We have worship nights about once a month and other activities throughout the year. And then this summer, in December and January, that summer in Paraguay, Zippy and Belen were able to help out with the five camps that we helped lead, and they were really blessed as they served in the kitchen, in the canteen, in other area that they could.
4: They just throw themselves in, and like typical camp kids, just do whatever needs to get done, right? So it's, it's been really, really good. I was a camp kid too. I bet my dad was director of Elder Bible Camp from the time I was 12 till til we got married. So I kind of understand how, that's, how that is, and it's just a, a really nice thing just to be able to be involved in two different things. We'll talk about William now. William is 14, and in January of 2018, so that's, I guess, four years ago. William's family, his house, their house fell down because of a, a tornado or a, a windstorm. It was a big, big wind anyways. And the family, they weren't believers at the time, but they needed help to rebuild their house. They didn't have money to buy materials. And so they approached a family in our church and asked if, as a church, we could help them. Because we'd, we'd kind of done that kind of thing in the past. And so we did a fundraiser for them one Sunday morning. And a typical fundraiser in Paraguay involves cooking chicken on the, on the barbecue there over, over coals. And you prepare a plate of food, It's chicken, like a chicken leg with a cold rice salad, um, mandioca. It's probably that's all that's on there. For for about $2, you can buy a Sunday lunch. We eat a lot of chicken dinners. We haven't gotten salmonella yet, so we're very thankful for that. They don't always, um, yeah. We haven't gotten
3: salmonella from those. We've gotten salmonella.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not always the most hygienic, but uh, that's how you do a fundraiser. And you try to sell about 100 plates of food on a Sunday morning, right? So you go around ahead of time, selling to all the people. They have their, their tickets, and then you, you go and drop it off to deliver. So anyways, one Sunday morning, um, we moved our church service from Sunday morning to Sunday afternoon. And in the Sunday morning, we did the, the lunch, and then in the afternoon, we had our church service. And because they were there in the morning for the fundraiser, and because we'd helped them, they were obligated to stay for the service. And this was four years ago. So there was a prayer team. Um, We tend to have prayer teams that come to Paraguay. Hopefully another one in September, if you're interested. Um, But we had a prayer team there um, from Canada. And they were involved there. And through um, a translator, one of the the members had a good conversation with William's dad, with Jose, after the service. And at this time, Jose made a decision. Um, He later says it wasn't really a decision. He said yes and nodded because... You know, he wanted to be polite. But um, we started visiting his, their family anyways. You have to be a little bit annoying sometimes and just visit people, um, even if they don't want to. But they actually wanted us to visit. And so we went once a week. Uh, they didn't, we were very busy with their, with their jobs. They were on a, um, on a dairy farm. So we'd have had to go Sunday afternoon. That was the only time of the week where they actually had time. And uh, So we visited the family every week. And William, he always sat with us as we studied the Bible with his parents. I'm just listening and learning now the dad Jose he had gone to a church as a teenager, and he'd, he'd been kicked out of the church and told he could never be saved because of certain sins he had committed and so he'd kind of given up on God but now he was asking lots of good questions about God this was 30 years later um, as we talked as we taught and the whole family kind of reached faith together and William's parents were baptized later that year as Jose medium with their their three kids and they're so thankful, you can see, they're just so grateful um, to God for his grace and that they now have the opportunity to teach the three kids to, to love God and they pray that they will stay faithful to him. Jose often says, I wasted 30 years, just, you know, out in the world. And uh, so, so thankful to God for his grace, for his mercy, for those second chances. And William is a dedicated young man. He enjoys playing guitar, he loves serving at church. And he's growing in his personal faith. He was baptized in December as well. And the peer pressure that a 14-year-old boy faces in in our community is tremendous. I think he's the only 14-year-old boy in the whole neighborhood who goes to church. So you can imagine the pressure from everybody else. Um, But he has faith in God, and we trust in God's promise um, that he will be with them always until the end of the age, as Matthew says. That was our introduction to the message. We're just going to keep going at this point. Actually, there's one more slide, right? Yes. How can we get involved? Um, I know many of you are involved in one way or another. Um, Prayer, and we're thankful that so many of you do pray for us. Uh, A lot of you are on Facebook and follow us there. We have—that's our name, Travis Rosie. We just have the one account, Um, and we do have um, a group there where we post updates. It's It's a closed group, so it's not open to all of Facebook. So, we can share a few more details. Um, so, we do that. Here's our email address. Please feel to, feel free to email us anytime. Or even if you have WhatsApp, a phone call is free, right? So, if you'd like to do that, we'd be very happy for that. Um, financial support we know as a church you guys support us a lot, and we're very, very thankful for that. Um, we have to, uh, starting three years ago, we have to do some fundraising, and it's been really nice to see how God does provide. And uh, part of that is you as a church just supporting us financially. So we're very thankful for that. If anybody would like to support personally, that's always an option. We have a benevolence fund that we have through EMC where we raise support funds also to help people with medical needs. Um, if we do a chicken fundraiser, we buy a box of chicken. You know, that kind of thing um, out of that fund. Help with medical needs. The, the healthcare system isn't very good. There are expenses. Um, and the poor people don't have any, any savings, any, any $20 is actually an emergency for a lot of people. So for, with $20, we can do a lot of good. And so we do have that fund there as well. Um, and that's all, the details are all there on the EMC's website, you go to em, emconf.ca, there's a tab that says Ministries, and Get Involved. And it's all on there, you can find us there as well. And then also, serve. If you want to church plant, if you'd like to be there in person, um, you're always welcome we'd love to have more people join our team there Um, whether it's long term or or short short term and as I mentioned there's we're we're planning tentatively a prayer team for for September October Um, depends what happens in the next couple months here with all the health stuff but um, if that's something that interests you going to Paraguay for two weeks and just visiting uh, different churches different ministries and just praying for the people that interests you um, you're definitely welcome to, to join us there. So v- Belen, Jessica, eh, Zipporah, and William, they're all young, but they all have faith in God. They trust that he will keep his promise to forgive their sins, that he has given them eternal life. And they love him. And that's why they've decided to be baptized. That's why they were baptized in December. And when I think back to when I was that age, I think I was, ba- I was 15 when I was baptized in the Cleefeld EMC. I remember I had faith too, and it was a, just a simple faith based on a simple trust in the goodness of God, in his trustworthiness, in his power to do what he said he would. It's just a faith that believes that God is who he says he is, a faith that believes that God will do what he has promised. And as the years have gone by, I, I hope my faith has grown, it's become a little more complex as I've experienced some hard times, some good times. Um, just as we grow up, we experience different things, and our faith becomes a little bit more complex sometimes. Um, but in the middle of those hard times, I've seen his faithfulness too, and so that, I think, has has made my faith stronger. And I'm sure it's made your faith stronger too, although it's a process to work through all of that. Um, like many of you, I've studied the Bible, I've studied theology, I'm just trying to understand some of the more complicated concepts about God, trying to understand um, things, perhaps, that are not humanly possible to understand but we try anyways and I'm by nature just curious I like to investigate things and so I've studied just trying to understand different things but I have to admit that there's something very special about just having a simple faith a faith that just simply takes Jesus at his word and it doesn't have to be complicated it's, we tend to do that though I and mean, as we serve in Paraguay um, one of the things I've often wondered is why sin has such a stronghold on some Christians. Why is it that they, they just seem to be trapped There's certain sins they can't get rid of? They fall back on the same ways of thinking, the same habits. Why can't they, they live that victorious life that God wants them to live? And that he, he says they can live. And as I study the Bible, as I reflect on my own past and uh, my own growing in the faith, um, look at the lives of the people around me, it seems to me that part of the solution is to have just that simple faith that takes Jesus at his word. And because when we love God, above all, when we trust him wholeheartedly then sin no longer has any attraction. On the contrary, we're repulsed by the very thought of, of sin. And unfortunately, many believers simply do not trust God enough to walk by the Spirit in order to not gratify the desires of the flesh as Paul says in, in Galatians 5.16. There's a quotation that is attributed to St. Augustine. No one's actually quite sure if he said it, but that's where they say it comes from. He said, love God and do whatever you please. For the soul trained in love to God will do nothing to offend the one who is beloved. Um, and it makes sense to me. If we love God so much, anything that is contrary to, to God, anything that is contrary to what God w- wants just repulses us and it just won't be a temptation to us at that point. Some of the people I know who, who struggle with, with sin, they love to talk about the mysteries of God. and They love to have theological discussions and just talk about abstract concepts, um, maybe not in the practical sense, but just in a, in a conceptual sense. What does it mean to know God? Can you actually know God? Um, when will the rapture be? You know, d- Different questions like that that are perhaps not quite so practical as day by day living. And they say, "Oh, God is just so complicated. We can't understand. How can we even know God? Um, they talk about that kind of thing. And it seems to me that they're trying to justify, not all of them, but some of them. I'm thinking of certain people here. But... Um, they justify their weakness towards sin by proving that faith is terribly complicated and it's just impossible to live a faithful life. And It's, it's almost like they do it on purpose. A couple of weeks ago, I heard a sermon. It was called, Thank God for Lawyers. Um, interesting title. And the preacher is talking about the expert in the law who asked Jesus what he must do to inherit eternal life. We see it in, in Luke 10. It's the story of the, the Good Samaritan, right? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And he knew the answer. His answer was, it was a fairly simple answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. This simple answer, it seemed was too simple for him. He wanted something more complicated. It says in Luke 10 there, to justify himself, he asked the question, who is my neighbor? Instead of just taking that simple command, love your neighbor, like, well, who is my neighbor? Maybe he's not my neighbor. Maybe he is. Um, Starting looking at the details, um, he had to dig deep rather than just take at face value what God had taught in his word. And it's almost like he was looking for an excuse to not love some people just kind of based on a technicality, being a good lawyer and all, right? Just looking for a loophole so he wouldn't have to love that person, but he could love everybody else. Um, People like this, if they would simply focus on their Heavenly Father who loves them, have a personal relationship with Him, I'm confident that the struggle with sin wouldn't seem so impossible at this point because instead of dealing with God as an abstract concept, they're dealing dealing with God as a person, as as God, and realizing they can have a relationship with Him. Um, They would live depending on the Father and not on their own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. So it comes down to that, trusting God, depending on God, and not on your own understanding. Proverbs says this is what true wisdom actually is. It's pretty simple um, when you look at it that way. Eh? The life of Jesus was characterized by, by simpleness. He was born in a, in a simple place. He slept in a manger. It wasn't some fancy place. He died a simple, lowly death, the death of a common criminal on a, on a rugged cross, on a wooden cross. Um, it was a simple simple death, simple burial. His way of life was very simple as well. Um, he lived the life of a teacher going to town, uh, from town to town. Uh, it was a simple life. In Matthew 8.20, Jesus said, foxes have dens, birds have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And the teacher of the law that he was talking to um, was looking to to follow Jesus, and Jesus' invitation to him was very simple. It was simply, follow me. That was his invitation to the teacher of the law in that story. The way that he showed love was very simple as well. Uh, he He talked to everyone. He talked to the religious leaders, he talked to the most sinful person in town, everyone in between those who had good reputations, those who had bad reputations. Um, he just simply talked to everyone. He'd be in the middle of a crowd and he would stop to talk to, he stopped to talk to one person. I always think of the story of Zacchaeus where Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, so he climbed a tree. Um, in the middle of the crowd, Jesus stops, looks at him and said, Zacchaeus, get down from the tree because I'm going to your house today. It's like he had an appointment you know, in his calendar. Today I'm meeting with Zacchaeus. He's in the tree. He went and found him called him down, says, I'm going to your house today. Um, in the middle of the crowd, he stopped to talk to one person, and he knew what he was doing. When he was, One time he was in the crowd on his way to heal a sick person. It was an emergency. A lady who had an illness touched his cloak. Jesus stopped and said, who touched my cloak? And he talked to her. Um, he, showed, he showed love um, just by singling people out, talking to them. He didn't look for fame, for fortune, for, for power. You know, those things weren't Uh, important to him and going back to the example of the good samaritan jesus's example of obedience was very simple it was simply helping a stranger in need it wasn't complicated and his message of salvation was simple as well um and his his tendency was to avoid the the discussions the abstract concepts and just focus on having a relationship with the father i'm going to read three verses the way john describes it Uh, first in first john 323 this is um and this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. So Jesus boiled it down to two points there Love God and believe now love one another and believe in the name of His Son Jesus Christ. When the crowd asked Jesus, um, What must we do to do the works that God requires? In John six, twenty eight, Jesus' answer was The work of God is this to believe in the one whom he has sent. When Jesus explained what eternal life was, John 17:3, "Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent." It was simple teaching, um, not easy, but simple. These concepts are so basic a five-year-old can understand them and believe and have faith. But at the same time, it's very difficult to apply. Who can apply them so perfectly? No one's can be that perfect. His teaching was simple, it's also radical. It's very different than what society taught in that time and what society teaches in in this time. Um, I'll give some examples from Matthew 5-7, to from the Sermon on the Mount. It's a very simple teaching. It says, be salt and light in the way that we live. I think we understand what that means, but to carry it out isn't always so easy. Be perfect. To be perfect, we must be more righteous than the strictest Pharisee. Once again, easy to understand, but complicated to, to carry out. If you're angry with someone, you'll be judged like a murderer is. You look at a woman with lust, you will commit adultery with her in your heart. Do not swear an oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. Do not look for revenge, but rather do not, um, but rather do not resist an evil person. Love your enemies. These are things, I think we understand what they mean. We, think, we understand what Jesus is asking, but it's not always easy to do. Practice your righteousness in secret. Pray in secret, tithing in secret. Do not look for praise from men. Don't worry. Instead, trust God. Don't be a hypocrite in the way that you judge others. You'll be recognized by your fruit. A good tree produces good fruit, a bad tree produces bad fruit, and you can tell who loves God by the way they live, just showing, showing love. And then he concludes the sermon with the story of the, um, the example of two men who built houses, one built on rock and one built on a foundation of sand, or rather, lack of foundation of sand. And when the storm came, the house that was built on the sand fell down. The one that was built on the rock stood firm. And Jesus' um, example there said, he who listens to my commands and puts them into practice is the one who builds his house on the, on the firm foundation. So he said, simply put into practice this simple teaching. And I think that's what real faith is. Simple obedience shows deep trust in God. Simple obedience shows deep trust in God. Um, we don't have to try to necessarily be obedient in the in the hard things. If we can do it, nail it on the simple things, the rest will come already. Because that's that's where it starts. Because it shows that we do trust God. When we trust God, we will do whatever He asks us to do. So why could Jesus be so simple? Why could He live, love, and teach so simply? I think it's because he clearly knew what his purpose was. Do we know what our purpose is? Jesus' purpose was to do the will of his Father because he loved him. I'll quickly read three verses again. John four, thirty-four. My food, says Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. John six thirty-eight. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And John fifteen ten. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So Jesus clearly knew what his purpose was. He was always focused on that. And nothing was as important to Jesus as remaining in his father's love and doing his father's will. And this is why he spent so much time alone in prayer. You think being God he wouldn't have to spend time in prayer, but he would go away early in the morning or sometimes even pray all night, um, spending time with the Father. He lived in dependence on the father and his focus was doing his father's will and it's an example for us to to follow we need to live that way as well depending on the father Um, i'm going to read to you part of a devotional that i recently read i've translated it from spanish and it says to have the faith of a child is to trust in the goodness the care the guidance and the provision of a father jesus always called his disciples to a way of life that showed surrender and trust in him but he never did it in such a simple way as he did in mark 10 13 to 16 and this is the passage that we heard earlier where the children came to jesus and the disciples said go away he's busy and he said he it says he rebuked them and he said let the little children come to me do not hinder them for the kingdom of god belongs to such as these.' truly i tell you anyone who will not receive the kingdom of god like a little child will never enter it and he took the children in his arms placed his hands on them and he blessed them so Mark 10 teaches us that we should have the faith of a child to receive the kingdom of God. The faith of children is the kind that fills us with an unbreakable hope that we will one day live in heaven with our Father for all eternity. As Christians, we have put our hope in the, trust, in the truth. We put our hope in the truth that Jesus came, died, and rose again, and that if we trust in him, we will have a resurrection like his. And while sometimes it's, it may be easier to have a faith like this, a faith of a child when it comes to salvation, we believe his promises, Often it's hard for us to trust God in the same way, day by day. Will God really take care of me today? Will he fulfill his promises to me today? Um, salvation, that's, you know, death, that's a long ways away. That's, that's in the future, some, in some vague time in the future. It's easy to believe his promises for those times out there. But now I'm in, the hard, I'm in a hard place right now. Are his promises true to me today as well? But we need to live day by day with a simple faith, with the faith of a child. We need to follow the example of Jesus and always look Um, for the Father in prayer, trusting in his goodness. When we live with a simple faith, with this unshakable um, faith, then sin won't have any power over us. It just won't be tempting. Our love for God will grow because we will see him for who he is. He's a treasure whose value is uncomparable. And Jesus told another story of a man who said the kingdom of God is like a man who found treasure in a field. He went and sold everything he had. He sold it with joy and he went and he bought that field in order to gain that treasure. And so the teaching there is that when we find the kingdom of God, we need to just leave everything else to one side and with joy, leave it all aside with joy and go after God. Just dedicate ourselves to that because he's a treasure that's incomparable. Nothing else is as worth, worth as much as what he is. And when we live with a simple but unbreakable hope, we will be able to love our neighbor with a humble and real-life love that does not ask for anything in return. And then the world will know that we are followers of God, to do to his will by the way that we love. And when I think about Belen, Jessica, Zipporah, and, and William, as well as the other believers in um, Mingawasu, I pray that they will have this kind of simple faith that just simply trusts God, has a deep trust in God. I pray that this simple faith will motivate parents to teach their children about God. I pray that it will allow men to make their families a priority, That it will give strength to those who lovingly and sacrificially serve others. That it will give teenagers the courage to share um, with their peers about the love of God. That it will convict a child to be nice to someone who has no friends. I pray that they will have a relationship of dependence on the Father. I pray that day by day they will have a simple but unshakable faith that allows them to live in victory over sin. And I pray that their neighborhood will see the love of God through their lives. And this is their challenge. It's also your challenge. The challenge for, for every believer. Um, the words of Jesus, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. If we live simply, if we, if we will simply live resting in and rejoicing in the goodness of God with total trust in his love, then we will be free to enjoy the abundant life that God has for us just as we live worshiping him. And we need to live a simple, we need a simple faith that resembles the life of Jesus. A simple but profound faith. Now this morning as a conclusion, uh, Rosie and the kids are going to come up and we're going to sing a song for you. We're going to sing in Spanish. We're no professionals, but we do enjoy singing. Um, so we'll sing in Spanish. The words will be up on the screen. The name of the song is Simple Faith. Thanks. and Moy just stay up here for a wee bit thank you very much for, for sharing with us this morning. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you here and uh, we appreciate you guys and we, we uh, continually remember you in, in prayer and it's just an honor and privilege to have you with us at this at this time uh, A few weeks ago at a meeting a congregational meeting it, there was a suggestion of um, having a collection um for you as a family for the incurred costs of just traveling around here in manitoba i uh, don't know how those costs compare to to paraguay but i know you're doing a lot more traveling here than than elsewhere and we just wanted to help you out um with those costs and so we just have a a collection here to give to you this morning thank you quickly mention at the back on the table there we have a sign-up sheet if you'd like to get our prayer letters and you're not getting them yet Please put your email address there. We also have a family picture there. Be sure to pick one up on your your way out.
0: We'll invite you to stand as we sing the final song and you can stay standing for the benediction as well.
3: The benediction this morning is from Jude 24 and 25. To Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before His glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore, amen. Go now to love and serve the Lord.